to today's episode of Juice in the Numbers. I'm your host, Joshua Tracy. And I'm Corwin Allen. And we're going to be talking about just some shit today. Sound good to you? Yeah, I like talking about shit. Uh, so right now we're recording this on Sunday night, uh, around 8.40, so the game is still going. Uh, the World Series Game 5 is underway. Astros are currently leading the Nationals as we talk about this, but... Also, the series is tied two to two, so no clinching that we have to worry about for tonight. Um, just clinching, no clinching. <laughs> uh, what have your? Let's just jump and talk about the World Series to start. What have your impressions been of this series thus far? Um, I feel like uh, the Nats got a little lucky, games one and two, um, with just how convenient their hits seemed to be. Um, they didn't seem very sustainable, and then once they you know, had that day off, games changed, and, well, Astros kind of took advantage. Uh, their hitting has seemed to be a lot more consistent and sturdy, not sturdy, steady. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's been an interesting series, to say the least. Yeah, I, like, don't even know what to make. It, it, it just, those first two games just threw you off. You know, it, it was... For a hot second, your reactionary brain had to have been like, oh, fuck, the Nationals are just going to sweep the World Series. Mm-hmm. Like that. I know that was that's not a realistic thought, but that thought had to have crossed a lot of people's minds, even for an instant before you said, no, 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 no. That's foolish. No one sweeps the World Series. But right. fuck, it was looking like it for a goddamn second. Oh, yeah. Uh, they looked very good. Very, very good. Um, and... I don't know what I was trying to say there. Uh, it kind of fell apart on me, but yeah, they have not looked great since. Now, on the other hand, if I ask you in a vacuum, like, do you think the Nationals will win the Max Scherzer game? Probably say yes. Mm-hmm. If I ask you if they're going to win the Steven Strasburg game, you'd probably say yes. Yeah, I'd say that more likely than not in my mind. If I ask you if they're going to win the Anibal Sanchez game? No. Yeah, but you know. And if I asked you if they were going to win the Patrick Corbin game? Uh, it depends who it would be against. If it's Grinky, I would say I would lead more towards Grinky. Um, if it was just, uh, I don't know. In, in this case, it was the bullpen game. Yeah, so bullpen, then I would hand it to Corbin, no doubt. Well, you would have gotten three out of four of those right because the Astros, sorry, the Astros, the Nationals ended up winning the Scherzer game. By the skin of their teeth, but they still won it. Yep. They won the Strasbourg game rather handedly. They lost the Sanchez game in what four to one can be close and it cannot be close. Like it depends on how the game was played. This was a close four to one, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they got wrecked in the Corbin game. Yeah, that was ugly. That was just kind of uh, everything kind of coming together. Uh, for the Astros and everything that could go wrong for the uh, Nationals kind of did. Yeah, they just oh, they just fell apart in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fernando Rodney, I mean, no more words should really need to be said after that, but yeah. he fucked it all. He, he got the bases loaded on himself, let up a grand slam, and then uh, got the bases loaded again. It's and, almost as if, you know, 47-year-old pitchers shouldn't be put in high-leverage situations. Granted, he has a ton of experience in high-leverage situations, so that might be a big factor for them. But at the same time, 
it's it's not the same Fernando Rodney of the past ten years or you know ten years ago. It's a much older and in my mind a lot less reliable the past couple of years. So. And now we're playing. Uh, so today was supposed to be the Scherzer game. We can get into that for, uh, in yeah. a second. But now they're pitching. Do you, I, I want you to guess? Do you have any idea who's pitching tonight for the for the Nationals? Uh, for the Nationals, I know it's Joe Ross, just because I oh, saw okay. that earlier. Yeah, I didn't know who that was, so I have his baseball reference page up. Uh, he's he been was, in the league apparently for five years. Yeah, and, I mean, he was on the Padres for a little while and made some headlines when he first, you know, kind of broke out, but. It's um, not been a storied career by any means. His major league appearances are only with the with the Nationals, so maybe he was a Padres really? prospect at some Man, point. Am I thinking of someone else? Possibly. I again, I didn't know who he was up until today, but his baseball reference page only has him in the pros. Oh, I'm thinking of Tyson Ross. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tyson Ross. Uh, he's on the Tigers now. I think. I actually don't know. I don't think he's with the pod. That doesn't matter. Uh, uh, so Joe Ross has a career ERA of four point two nine. This year, his career, his ERA was five point four eight in the regular season. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So by if no if means, you if you look up pictures of Tyson Ross and Joe Ross next to each other, if you asked me this an hour ago, I might not have been able to tell the difference. They look very similar. Do you think they're related? Uh, I mean, I could find out. I think, guess I don't see why I wouldn't be able to. Because that that that'd be pretty cool. Tyson oh, you Ross. know what? The, the Padres did draft Joe Ross. Hey. Oh, yeah. No, they're brothers. They are brothers. Yeah. Yo, that's so fun. The Padres had Joe Ross and Tyson Ross. That's pretty cool. That's hilarious. And now the Cubs have David Ross. I bet. I bet the Padres were hoping for like a. Uh, uh, a Sedin's situation where, <laughs> where they become like one and two in the rotation and right. instead they got nothing. <laughs> or a Kinsenko one where they hide Joe Ross or Tyson Ross in the other one's uniform and sneak him into some games. Perfect. <laughs> uh, so, oh, uh, Jordan Alvarez did something. Oh, two run just, home run. I just put the game on, so I haven't seen anything. Uh, I just got a notification about it. Oh, oh, that must be old because it's still two nothing. Yeah, it doesn't matter. All right. Um, so Scherzer got sidelined because of uh, neck spasms. Is that what it was? Yeah, neck and back. And I saw a thing that said it hurt so bad that his wife had to like help him get dressed today. Yeah, he said in an interview today that he couldn't lift his arm. It's, what happened? I have no idea. Like, this is really the first I've heard of anything. He had to have been playing through this earlier because there's no way this just happened. Like, he woke up today. Right. Like, he's definitely... He had to have been keeping those under wraps during the uh, his first appearance in the World Series. And I'd assume this would even possibly date back to the uh, NLCS. Because yeah. something that severe doesn't just like crop up, you know. And it's you know he did not look the same old self when uh, he was pitching in game one. Like he did not look sharp. He just he let up uh, a lot more base runners uh, and you know big big time hits than he usually does. And you could just tell he wasn't the same Max Scherzer that you expected him to be, especially on this stage. 
Yeah, he only went uh, five innings. He let up five hits, three walks, two runs, both earned, and got got did get seven strikeouts. But that's not quite the Scherzerish line you'd expect, um, right? Which is it, which is crazy because it's still a decent line right. for the it's, Walters, not, it's a good it's not line. something that should sink you to a major extent, you know. But yeah. with his that's- the kind of player he is, with all that energy, especially in big moments. I kind of expected him to come in and just absolutely tear through the Astros, just uh, you know, be the Max Scherzer we've seen the past couple of years, and it just never uh, accumulated. Yeah, those two runs, if I recall correctly, were both in the first inning, and then he kind of settled down from there. But yeah, it's just not, it's just not the Max Scherzer we all we all know. So this now leads in, like, so let's. Let's assume that this Joe Ross game, uh, let's take a wild assumption that the Nationals lose this game. Yeah, I would take Eric Cole over Joe Ross uh, 100 times out of 100, actually. And so that makes the next game Strasburg-Verlander again? Sounds about right. do you take Strasburg again in that first game back in Houston? Uh, I would say, honestly, that I would give it a little bit more for Verlander. I know Strasburg outpitched him the last time, uh, but Stras- or Verlander didn't look he didn't look terrible the first time he was up, and I kind of expect him, being the player he is, to kind of get back to Houston, get settled, and dominate. Now, what if I told you, and this could be a meaningless statement, which is why I want your opinion on it, that Justin Verlander has the uh, third worst <laughs> for. Uh, World Series ERA of all time. When was the last time... Justin Verlander, you know, I don't know. I realized that he played in it, you know, very recently. But at the same time, it's it's not like he has a huge sample size recently. Um, and I don't think it's, especially when he's that good. I, You don't expect a tremendous player of Verlander's Hall of Fame caliber to kind of always suck in the postseason. Like Kershaw got that reputation, but at the same time, he came back and has been very good the past couple times he's appeared. Yeah, Kershaw's kind of a weird story because he's always going to get uh, noticed for sucking, and then he'll never get recognition for not sucking. Um, and if he has one moment that sucks amongst a start that's otherwise really damn good, everyone will just point at the moment that sucks. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I don't think it means anything either. But his ER in the World Series, if I recall correctly, is somewhere around five and a half. And that's over the that's this really World bad. Series, uh, the 2017 World Series, and the 2013 World Series. So it's uh, around, I think it's almost 10 starts in the World Series. So say what you want about it. I don't think it matters much either. No. But I honestly can't in, remember the last time, the last appearance he had in the world series before this year you know like off the top of my head i can't remember whether or not he performed well absolutely blew up or just kind of got babbit to death so it's hard to say you know it's funny i don't remember his 2017 world series appearance at all yeah i have zero recollection of it and i i don't know why but it's not in my head uh on the other hand, though, like Strasburg's also not only has he uh, has a, a really solid playoff history, but this year in particular, Jesus Christ, he's, he's been, been on great. a tear. So, 
I want to say it's even enough that the Nationals conceivably could still win that game. But if this were to go to seven games, so assuming the Nationals lose tonight, and then the Nationals win on uh, Tuesday night, mm-hmm. who the fuck Patrick Corbin pitches game seven for the Nationals? I'd have to imagine he pitches on short rest. I wouldn't trust it to a bullpen game in game seven of the World Series. Yeah, um, it's either going to be that, uh, some combination of him and Anibal Sanchez. Now you could bank on, well, hey, maybe Scherzer's feeling well enough to throw in uh, four, three days, four days. But, I mean. Listen, if you can't lift your arm up, like if you can't even dress yourself in the morning, I can't imagine building up enough strength and be able to hold the pain together to pitch at a high level uh, the way they need him to. I think his season's done unless there's a miraculous turnaround or, you know, Matt Harvey type situation. So if, uh, if the Nationals end up losing on the back of this recent injury from Scherzer, do you think that's going to be the storyline or do you think it'll be Hey, look how good the Astros are. They they did it. They won the World Series. Something many people thought that they would. Or do you I think, think the line's going to be like, wow, if Scherzer didn't get hurt, the Nationals totally would have won this World Series? I feel very strongly that it's going to be a, wow, the Astros are a full-on dynasty. The Nationals outperformed what they should have been. And it's unfortunate that Scherzer got hurt. And it's always going to be a what-if situation. I don't think it's going to be held against either team. I think it's just going to be like, well, everyone expected from game one that the Astros were going to win the World Series. They've played as excellent as we've expected them to play, you know, under the circumstances. And, you know, Scherzer might have changed things, but at the end of the day, the Astros are just a, from the top down, exceptionally talented team that just the Nationals can't honestly stand up to in a long series. I think that's far more rational than we will than we will see the reactions to. Oh yeah, I'm sure you know Colin Cowherd and the Talking Heads will have a field day. Does Mike Francesca give a shit about the World Series, or is he just full on Knicks and Giants? Oh, he he. The thing that's so annoying about Mike Francesca is that he seemingly does and doesn't care. When it's like convenient to him. So like he's going to say some bullshit. Because the thing is, he thinks that if you offer him the GM position of like any baseball team ever, he would I'll win the World Series anyone. every year. Yeah, uh-huh. he, He's he's like, oh, I think he's even said once before, like he, he, he could GM the Yankees. Okay. And the thing about Mike Francesa is he fucking sucks. <laughs> Yeah. God damn it, he fucking sucks. Everyone listens to his show fucking sucks. His opinions fucking suck. Oh, he's probably God. my least favorite TV talking head about sports. Like he just he is the perfect embodiment of everyone's stereotypical stubborn ass father who played, you know, high school sports and thinks that he could have, you know, he could pitch game seven of the World Series or, you know. He could win a Super Bowl with the fucking Dolphins this year if they just signed the right free agent players. Right, right. And regardless of a fucking salary or salary cap or anything, yeah, fuck right. them. The thing that drives me crazy, like, like, give me Stephen A. Smith over Mike Francesca every oh, single time. 
because this thing, the difference is Stephen A. Smith is putting on a show and he knows he's putting on a show. (laughs) And I really don't think like, first off, I actually think if I've listened to Stephen A. Smith's show uh, a whole bunch, because it comes on right before the Michael K show. And I love the Michael K show. And Stephen A. Smith, I think like 90% of the time, his takes are not that egregious, but the ones that get put up on Twitter about like, look how crazy that is, is because uh, one, they are reason, and then then two, it's because he's just so bolsterous the way he says it. Right. But he's like not actually that out there for like most of the things he says. No. He just builds it the fuck up. Francesca, so like, on the other hand, oh my god, he says outlandish things, but he just is so matter of so smug, so matter of fact. Oh, the smugness is spot oh. on. He'll it, make stuff up, and then as soon as like other like outlets start talking about it, and like. You know, talking about some other aspect of it, or you know, like no, it's definitely not this. It's this. He's like, well, I've thought that the whole time. He did that with uh, with uh, Daniel Jones this year. Yeah. Oh, that was the big one. Yeah. Yeah, because he he was like, oh, why are the Giants drafting Jones? He sucks. I've watched all of his tape yeah. at Duke. Which yeah, is like, first off, thing. no, you fucking didn't. Yeah. And then and then Daniel Jones goes on to like win that one game against Tampa. And then he was like, everyone knows Daniel Jones is a good quarterback. Like, he's got a good arm. I've watched all the David Duke. Yeah. Like, I, I've been saying the whole time. He's got a great arm. He's, he's a good quarterback. And then it's like, bud, my God. I remember it vividly because the whole, like, pre-draft process, he was talking about how, like, oh, Daniel Jones, you know, he's got the mind, but, like, his arm just, it sucks. Like, he just doesn't have the arm for the NFL. And then that first big win comes, and he's like, everyone knew he had an arm. We all saw the arm. We watched all the film. He has the arm. It was everything else around that that people weren't sold on. And it's like, shut the fuck up, dude. But I mean, Stephen A, I respect him because he's capable of original thought. And he knows his shit when it comes to the NBA. And when big things happen, serious things happen, it's, you know, he can turn off the character of Stephen A. Smith, stay off the weed. And be able to say, all right, so this is what's going down. Like, this is crazy. I don't know what's going to happen here, but like, this is what you should be looking at, stuff like that. Francesca is just the switch is on all the time. Yeah, that, that, that sums it up pretty, pretty, pretty nice. He fucking just, ugh. Anyway, uh, I, I, I found Justin Verlander's uh, career World Series ERA. Uh, do you want to know what the five worst World Series ERAs are? Yes. All time? All time. Is this single World Series or career World Series? Career World Series. Gotcha. All right. So the first worst, the worst World Series pitcher is Don Newcomb. Dodgers legend okay. Don Newcomb. Winner of the first ever Rookie of the Year Award. Winner of the Cy Young Award. Winner of a MVP Award. One of only two pitchers to have done that. Um, when a rookie of the year, MVP, and Cy Young, Who's Don Newcomb, an 8.59 World wow. Series ERA. Do you know who those other guys were who have those three accolades? There's only one other pitcher who, who has it, and I do know who it is. Should I guess? You want to guess? Rookie of the year, MVP, and what was the third one? World Cy Series? Young. Oh, Cy Young. That would make sense. Cy Young MVP. Is it Clayton Kershaw? It is not Clayton Kershaw. I don't huh. think he won Rookie of the Year. Yeah, that was the only thing holding me up. I don't really. I can't really say I know Rookies of the Year going past you know 
two, three years ago, but who is it? Hold on one second. I just want to like find Clayton Kershaw's um see where he finished. Yeah, because he it, it must have been high, you know, like yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, he got MVP. no votes. <laughs> he got no votes. He did not get. Is that any his votes like official rookie, rookie year? So or in two thousand eight, he pitched one hundred and seven point two innings. So I have to assume that counts because one hundred and seven innings is a lot of innings. Yeah. And there's nothing. And then there's nothing in 09 and there's nothing in twenty ten yeah, either. Look this up. Which is nuts. So it's not Clayton Kershaw. Um, it is actually crazy enough. Justin Verlander. Oh wow. Yeah, that would have been a very good guess. I just, you know, there's no way I would have remembered who won Rookie of the Year his first season. Yeah, that that's the tough one. <laughs> it's like, uh, was I alive when he started pitching? Verlander? Yeah, for sure. You sure? Yeah, because I think, oh, God damn it. I think he started. Dude, I am in like 22 07? years old. There's no way he's been pitching for 22 years. Yeah, that, that, that's another good way of looking at it. That's, that's a truth fact. I want to say 07, 05, 05. Yeah, he did not have great numbers his rookie year. Next two years, very good numbers still. But, his you rookie know. year, he had a 3.63 ERA. Oh, you're looking at Kershaw? Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my bad. My bad. Sorry, I probably should have prefaced that. Oh, no worries. All right. So anyway, anyway, Don Newcomb, eight point five nine ERA. That's super high. It's super duper high. Uh, second worst um, World Series ERA is Carl Erskine. No fuck. Good luck. Uh, yeah, Carl Erskine with his uh, five point eight four ERA. Is that Adam Sandler's name of his character in Uncut Gems? Because that sounds pretty spot on. I've never heard of Uncut Gems. Oh, it's Adam Sandler's new like drama movie coming out, and everyone's like, "Is Adam Sandler going to be a nominated uh, Oscar? You know, nominee, nominated." It's Oscar the one that nominee? Mike Francis is in. Yeah, exactly. Oh God, it all comes back. Pulling to it all back together. Uh, funny enough, uh, Carl Erskine, another Dodger, I think, in the same time period as Don Newcomb. Yeah. Yeah, another another guy right there, which probably is contributing factor um, to the Dodgers losing a lot of World Series in that time period. They'd always get there and then just fuck it up. Um, third worst all time is Hank Barrowy with a five point seven six ERA. Any guesses for what team Hank Barrowy played for? I don't even know who this is. Yeah, no idea. Um, Hank Barrowy played for. The Yankees, Cubs, Phillies, Pirates. Oh, he was everywhere. Uh, yeah, he started with the Yankees, then the Whoa. Cubs, then the Phillies, then the Pirates, then the Tigers. Um, well, he actually won a World Series, has an ERA title, and a two-time All-Star. Good for you, uh, Hank Barrowy. Yeah, but apparently he sucks in the World Series. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, he, oh, sorry, he also pitched in time period. I'm curious. Uh, 42 to 51. So, so far, all of these guys have been that time period. All right. Number four on the list is Justin Verlander with a four five 5.73 ERA. All right. It's not good. It's not good. 5.73 is not good. From one to four, dropping by like roughly three ERA, that's a big deal. Like, that's that's crazy. Yeah, well, that says a lot about well, from one to two. From one to two is 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 a two point seven five drop. 
And yeah, that's fucking massive. Yeah, it's enormous. <laughs> and then number five is Don Sutton with a 5.26 ERA in the World Series. Uh, he played for the Dodgers for thir- 14 years and then played for Houston and then Milwaukee and Oakland and then the Angels and then the Dodgers again. He played for 23 years as in the Hall of Fame as an all-star MVP, four-time all-star, and an ERA title. So he's really fucking good. It's funny how all these, you know, really shitty World Series pitchers are like Hall of Famers. It's also funny how three out of five of them are Dodgers. <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, yeah, he pitched from 66 to 88. 66 to 88. Wow, that's an eternity. Um, And so... By far, the only, the most recent one is Justin Verlander, yeah. as he's the only one remotely still active. The next closest to him played 30 years ago. Retired 31 next, years what's ago. What's the next highest active guy? Can you see that? Or No, I only have uh, I only have these five in front of me. And this gotcha. is with a minimum of five World Series starts. Okay, so that's a pretty decent sample size, too. Yeah, it's enough of one, I guess. Uh, again, Granted, it's, it's small. You never want to judge a pitcher off of five games, but five world series appearances is a lot for the world series is it yeah. appearances or starts starts okay that's even bigger yeah so again i don't know what you would make of that i because i don't know about you but i'm usually a kershaw postseason defender like i'm I usually like a you know i get that he somehow manages to keep having bad starts in october but i, I you just i i can't believe in in this mentality that he's not a good postseason pitcher when he's one of the greatest regular season pitchers. He's probably the yeah, I'll just hedge my bet. One of the greatest regular season pitchers <laughs> of my generation. You know, I just can't believe that he's always going to suck in the, in October. There's not something just uh, an anomalous about it. Uh, and I'll, I'm willing to say the same thing for Verlander because why wouldn't you? But I mean, damn, it's, it's kind of nuts, you know? Yeah. So speaking of potential Hall of Famers playing in the World Series right now for the Astros. Um, Jose Altuve, how would you rate his performance so far? Um, if they win the World Series, he'll probably be MVP. I'd agree to that completely. Honestly, I don't know who else they could possibly give it to at this point. Well, Robinson Chirinos has hit home runs in back-to-back games for some reason. Um, I right, don't know why he's doing it. at the same it. time... Here's a little stat for you. Jose Altuve has reached base safely in 25 straight postseason games, tied for third as the third longest uh, streak, tied with Pablo Sandoval and Boog Powell. Only Chase Utley and Miguel Cabrera have longer streaks. Yeah, Miguel Cabrera's 31, right? He is. Chase Utley's at 27. So Altuve could potentially tie this. Yeah, if it goes to seven games, he could tie it, um, but he won't be able to beat it quite yet this year. Yeah, he's been fucking killing it. Regardless, uh, probably, that is an insane streak. This is just so funny. So Jose Altuve right now has an OPS of 950. Mm. Phenomenal. Is that uh, World Series postseason? Oh, sorry, sorry. You're right. Uh, World Series. Gotcha. That's pretty great. You know what's funny is that's fourth on the team. Yeah. <laughs> can you name the three people ahead of him 
Um, I'm going to go with Carlos Correa at number one. No, Carlos Correa currently with a World Series OPS of 478. Yikes. I guess Carlos I Correa with two hits in the, in the World Series thus far. Are you serious? Only two? 15 at-bats, two hits, three walks, five strikeouts. I just watched him get like four hits last night. With a 133 batting average, a 278 on base, a 200 slugging for a 478 OPS. Was I very inebriated? That's probably a yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Corwin, name a player. Uh, fuck, I don't know. Robinson Chirinos, probably. He's yeah, right fucking there. Sh- Robinson Chirinos has the highest OPS on the team. <laughs> 1364. That's... That's really ridiculous. Robinson Trinos has a 1,000 slugging. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. He has been really awful this series. And and he's batting 364. Who, Trinos? Trinos. Yeah, With not a single crazy. walk, so his OBP is also 364. But, like, Robinson Trinos is having a series right now. Um, Yo, hold on real quick. You know what's crazy? Sure. I no. need to know why. Um, okay. Uh, Robinson Chirinos right now has a win probability added of six. No, point zero six, but like just for the sake of speed, six. What do you think Altuve's is? Win probability added? Yeah. Uh, Probably, I would say like an eight, nine. Negative 14. What? Yeah, I don't get that. How is this calculated? Oh, you know what? He has an error. And the caught stealing. Yeah, that's actually that's gonna hurt. I don't know yeah, why it would be negative fourteen percent though. Well, I'm gonna assume it's because over the course of a season, like one error isn't gonna amount to much in all of your plate appearances and all of your games. Same thing with one caught stealing. Right. But in but... four games having that means that um he's only stealing base at fifty percent success rate. So he's been caught fifty percent of the time, which is really fucking bad. And he's committed errors in twenty five percent of his games played. Yeah, okay, that's pretty bad. Yeah, I have I have to assume it's a percentages thing. Anyway, mm-hmm. all right. So Robinson Trinos is one. You got another one for me? Um, Bregman and Springer are going to be up there. Nope, Bregman. Bregman is not doing bad. He isn't. Is it eight nineteen OPS? Uh, Springer though. Oh, where are you, George Springer? Because uh, I don't think you've been doing hot. Um. Uh, Oh, scrolling, scroll. Oh no, he's been doing okay. Nine hundred OPS. Okay, I'm, I'm just okay. going to give you these last, these last two. You're never going to get them. Thank you. Uh, is one Michael right. Brantley? One of them is Michael Brantley. Yes, all right. Michael Brantley just beating out Jose Altuve's nine fifty with a nine ninety seven. Um, the other one, and there was just no way you're going to get this because he has one hit this whole postseason, and uh, in only four at bats, Martin Maldonado. Oh, I got it right. <laughs> oh, I didn't hear you say it. Yeah, he has a home- Yeah, he said Martin Maldonado. Yeah, he has four at bats and his one hit was a home run. Yeah, I, I remember that one. I thought yeah. it was Chirinos at first, and I was like, wow, okay, this guy. And then I was like, oh nope, wrong catcher. So he has a two fifty batting average, a two fifty on base percentage, a one thousand slugging for a twelve fifty OPS, which is nuts. Yeah, that is pretty crazy. It's hilarious. And you know what his you know what his one win probability added is? Uh negative thirteen. Negative eleven. <laughs> Really? This yeah. is ridiculous. I mean, it just goes to show what we talked about, you know, before the series started. Just the Astros kind of have the depth to kind of make up for guys who are in slumps. Um, you know, when the Nationals were hot the first 
two games, well, hot enough the first two games, it didn't really matter. And, you know, when they slumped, they really slumped. And, uh, you know, Houston's have had these not superstar guys be able to uh, pick up the slack for them. Uh, real quick, just just to jerk off the the win probability added a little bit more. Um, George Springer currently leads the win probability added column for the Astros with 21, which is three nice. times as much as second place. And nice. it has to be because of the two stolen bases he has. Hmm. I feel like we should look into that stat more because I feel like errors definitely play a big part, but I feel like stolen bases really shouldn't be weighted that heavily, I feel like. I, I mean, do not when know. When we talk about a, a guy like Springer who has had a, a good postseason, good World Series, but nothing spectacular, having a plus 21, and a guy like Altuve who's been just uber consistent with, you know, a caught stealing and uh, uh, error having a negative fourteen. That's a that's a huge difference, man. So I'm going to read you Springer's line and then Michael Brantley's line because Michael Brantley is one of the two guys tied for second with seven. Um, and let's just look at it. So four games played for each. Mm-hmm. Springer has sixteen at bats. Brantley has seventeen at bats. So just you know about the same. Yeah, it's whatever. Both of them have three runs scored. Springer has four hits. Michael Brantley has eight hits. Springer has one double. Brantley has none. Springer has one home run. Brantley has none. Springer has two RBIs. Brantley has two RBIs. Springer has four walks. Brantley has two. Springer has four strikeouts. Brantley has one. So Brantley has only gotten singles. All eight hits, but only all singles. So there's probably not going to be as much value attributed to those as we would expect. Springer has gotten four hits, but Two of them have been for extra bases. One of them was for a home run. So maybe we can just push that. Does that seem fair? Sure. Uh, so that means Springer would have um, two bases on the singles, two bases on the one double. So that's four bases, eight total bases. Yeah, it's eight bases to eight bases. So that 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 evens out. Yeah. Um, both of them have two RBIs. So that evens out. Um. Springer has doubled the walks of Brantley, but also four times the strikeouts. Do we care? Do you, do you think walks are probably, no, walks are definitely valued higher than strikeouts are negative. They should be. They should be. So that, that could be a, a, a thing right there. Plus the fact that Springer's at bats is granted one lower. Maybe that one just based on, again, the way percentages are going to shake out is not noticeable. Um, and then the fact that Brantley has one stolen base to Springer's two, both of them have zero cost dealings and zero errors. It seems like a stretch, but with such small sample sizes, I have to assume that small fluctuations are going to, or small differences will lead to larger fluctuations. Hmm. Right? Yeah, I'd agree with that. All right. We talk about the Astros a lot. You want to talk about the Nationals? Yeah, sure thing. Um, all right, all right, all right. Okay. Oh, wow. Um, Michael A. Taylor. Um, what do you think his OPS is? Uh, bad. Oh, buddy, you're so wrong. <laughs> you ready? Okay. I'm assuming it's very, very good then. 
I want you to guess. I need you to guess. Uh, fucking. All right, I'm going to shoot for the moon here and say that it's eighteen hundred. It's more than double that. It's five thousand. How many fucking at bests does he have? He has one, but he hit a home run. <laughs> yeah, fuck off. <laughs> one game, one at bat, a run scored, a hit. That hit was a home run, one RBI. That's hilarious. God, he, he doesn't look like he could hit a baseball bat over the moon or hit a baseball bat over the pitcher's mound. That's what I meant to say. Dude, He's that's so fucking funny. Oh man, that's there's some funny numbers here. Like, what do you think Matt Adams on base percentage is right now? I have no idea. It's one thousand. Uh, yeah, one at bat, zero at bats, one walk, one plate appearance, one walk. Same thing with uh, Brian Dozier. That's so funny. All right, uh, I'm gonna look at win probability out of for them. Currently led by Juan Soto. Naturally. Yep. Second place is Kurt Suzuki, which is pretty cool. Yeah, he has been unstoppable this series, at least defensively. Yeah, defensively he's been really good. Offensively he's been okay. Uh, 773 OPS is not bad. It's not great, but it's not bad. He had that home run in uh, game one, game two, right? I want to say it was game one because it was a difference maker, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I yeah, don't remember when it was. Uh, it's all already blending all together for me. You know, he's the only, uh, this is so specific, but I thought it was kind of neat, only Hawaiian-born player to ever hit a home run in the World Series. That's really cool. I can't yeah. imagine that there's been a lot of chances for Hawaiian-born players to Neither hit can a home I. Run. But that's pretty cool that you're the first at something. Yeah, of all the Hawaiian-born players to play in the World Series, I'm glad it was Kurt Suzuki. <laughs> of all of the uh, you know Asian American Hawaiian-born players who hit right-handed or whatever he hits while playing catchers for a National League team, he's the first one to hit a home run in the World Series. Who would have thought? Who'd have thunk it? Uh, I don't really have anything impressive to say about the Nationals as of right now. Juan Soto's been good. He has a 1087 OPS. Adam Eaton's been good. He has a 1071 OPS. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, no one over 900. As Drupal Cabrera's pretty close at 890. But um, Gerardo uh, Para is hitting... Is at, These are all OPS numbers, just for reference. Is that 333? Trey Turner, 417. Howie Kendrick, 429. Uh, who else is supposed to be good? Anthony Rendon, Rendon. 631. Ryan Zimmerman has a higher OPS than Anthony Rendon right now at 732. Now, if Ryan Zimmerman had a higher OPS than Anthony Rendon, and Ryan Zimmerman's OPS was like 1100, you go, all right, Ryan Zimmerman. You know? yeah, right. And and like Rendon's was like 900. Like You wouldn't care. You'd just be like, oh, wow, Zim's really killing it in the postseason. Or if you told pack? me this after like game one. Yeah, some weird small sample size thing. Uh, but the fact that Ryan Zimmerman's at 732 OPS, four games in, and is like pacing Anthony Rendon at 631, that's fucked. Yeah. Just goes back to the depth conversation when your stars don't perform. Who's going to pick up the slack? Yeah. I mean, nobody. come on. It's how old is Ryan Zimmerman right now? Like, can you really expect him to keep up these numbers consistently and be your, you know, second best hitter? So actually, I, I just want to deviate for one second. I, I was watching the World Series with uh, Greg and Caroline the other day, and I was talking about Ryan Zimmerman because you know the first national, he was the first guy that like mm-hmm. Nationals number one draft pick after they moved from Montreal, and he's been playing forever. So I had the the question pop into my mind that I hadn't thought of before. Um. 
is Ryan Zimmerman a Hall of Famer? And so I went over to his baseball reference page, and I'm going to share it with you in a moment. But do you have any first impressions on that question? Have you ever thought about it before? Um, I mean, I can't say that I've seen enough of his career or know enough about his career to say definitively. But what I have seen, I can't say that he'd be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, that's the kind of the vibe I've always gotten. I've always gotten like the good, not great, but consistent guy. You know yeah, like I mean? he's, he's one of those guys where it's like when he's on your team and he's one of your, you know, he was the face of your franchise when you moved to Washington as your first overall pick. Not first overall, I think it was third overall, but like first round pick. Um, You love him, like there's an emotional connection there, but has he ever been the superstar on your team? No. Um, And at this point, I don't think that's enough to warrant a... a Hall of Fame career, and especially after looking at his baseball reference page. Are you looking at it now? I Yeah, I just brought it up. I didn't really look into it. I just kind of saw the accolades and whatnot. And kind of the lack thereof, which is what, which is what I was surprised about, because you hear, at least I've heard a lot about him, especially over the last few years, because he's been... You know, starting to get towards retirement age, and he's probably probably is going to retire after this season. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask you after this it, what your thoughts are about him retiring after this, whether or not they win or not. I think he probably will. He's he was hurt this year. He only played fifty two games. He was hurt last year. He only played eighty five games. Um, mm. he was healthy in 2017, 2016, but he was hurt in twenty fifteen. He was hurt in twenty fourteen. So out of the last it, six seasons, he's only played like two full ish seasons. Right. It's not like he's just turning 30 either. Like he just turned 35. Like how long, how much longer do you expect that career to go? And it's not like he's at a high value position anymore because he was Uh, a third baseman. But then when Rendon got brought up, they brought him up a third and they moved Zim over to first. And first base shouldn't be a tough spot to fill in theory for you. First base should be a relatively easier spot for you to move an aging outfielder there, man. It's, It's not. If you want Howie Kendrick to get more at bats for some reason, you can you can do like a lot of players can just kind of figure out first base. It's not an earth shatteringly difficult position to play defensively. Um, so there's not even much of a need there. But what I was so surprised about is just how not studded this baseball reference page is. He has um two time all star, one time gold glove, two time silver slugger, and that's it. Mm-hmm. He finished second in rookie of the year. He finished 25th, 16th, 24th, and 20th in MVP voting. So no top 10 finishes. No top he 15 never led, finishes. Um, yeah, no, no top 15. He has he led the league in grounding into double plays once, and that's the only thing he ever led anything in. Uh, he led it in games in 2007 with 162. Thank you. So, yeah, and he was tied with probably you know. 900 other ballplayers. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like... Oh, fuck. On the one hand, there's the story. Like I think, I think he's going to go into the Nationals Hall of Fame. Hey, Josh, uh, yeah. what was Carlos Correa's OPS in the World Series? Yeah. Uh, fuck. Oh. <laughs> oh, there it is. A four seventy eight. All right, double that. He hit a home run. You. Yeah, he just hit a two run homer. Oh, so this game's over. Yeah, it's, I mean it's not over but it's not looking great <laughs> yeah it's over <laughs> oof, oof. is um is what's his face still in the joe ross is still pitching with his 635 yeah, just, era i can't imagine 
he might close out this inning. I can't imagine he goes back out there. I mean, he is only at 65 pitches, but at the same time, what's the ceiling that you're going to get with him? I I think this is both the ceiling and the floor. <laughs> Honestly, I'm kind of agreeing with you. The expectations <laughs> <Yeah>. were low. <laughs> yeah, and 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 he met them explicitly. <laughs> Uh, like if you had to tell me to guess how many runs he would give up uh, four probably would have been the sweet spot between like an excellent game and a terrible game for him so (laughs) yeah 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 i I think i think if you told me or joe ross is going to come in and give up four runs my only follow-up question would be like ah all right how many get out of the first inning (laughs) yeah yeah exactly (laughs) four runs over seven wow that's a great start four runs over two Ooh. (laughs) Ooh. He got four runs over four. So four runs before you go, ah, uh, yeah, all right. Yeah. Solid nine ERA. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Worse than Verlander. Well, he, he tried his best. <laughs> <laughs> he did exactly what everyone thought was gonna eat what he was gonna do. Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh we, yeah, we can stop talking about Ryan Zimmerman. I don't have a lot to say. Yeah, I mean it's not like there's much left to this conversation. Uh, I do want to bring up one final thing. Uh, so Houston Astros batting in the ALCS, a team OPS of 600. As of tonight, Houston Astros batting in the World Series, OPS of 825. Well, I would Massive say as stuff. of as of before the game tonight. Yes, yes. All these stats are as of, I guess, after um, game four. These do not include game five, which will be concluded at the end of this episode or the release of this episode. Honestly, uh, probably by the end of this episode, it's going to be pretty decisive. Yeah. Uh, Nationals batting in the NLCS, 741. Nationals batting in the World Series, 749. So they're actually doing better. Yeah. Believe it or not, the Nationals are actually, I mean, eight points, which is negligible at best, but four games for the NLCS, four games for the World Series as far. They performed on par with what they did in the NLCS. Granted, their problem has been their pitching now. Yeah. Their pitching shut the Cardinals the fuck down. But and outside of everything but runs, and if you want to stretch, you know, game two's runs over to game three and four to help that look a little bit better in terms of just general run production, they've been about the same. The difference has been, as it always seems to be, the pitching. Yep, we'll see what happens there in uh, Game Six and possibly Game Seven. Yeah, and I I think this is probably what everyone, including us, were talking about when it's like you know the AL team is probably going to win over the NL team because batting is batting, and every team in the World Series is usually good at batting. Uh, the Yankees were really good at batting. The Astros are really good at batting. The mm-hmm. Nationals are better than average to really good <laughs> at, at batting. I'm not going to say they're on the the same level as the Yankees and Astros because those teams are ridiculous, but they're really good at batting. The problem is, is that after the big three starting pitches for the Nationals, Corbin, who didn't even like play that well, there's not a lot of pitching. There's not a lot of bullpen. There's not anything that they can really do for matchups. There's, they're not an analytics organization at all. So like they don't really have like, you know, uh, the top of the order for the Astros does really poorly against uh, this certain type of movement on a slider um, low and away. Or the bottom of the order, you can just feed fastballs to 
uh, high and away, and they'll swing. They don't. They don't have that. They they go a lot on scouting, and so they don't match up well. And they have not matched up well against the very analytic Houston Astros. So, uh, it's funny how we've seen how effective analytics have been with baseball this past like five years, let's say, with analytics focused teams absolutely dominating like the Astros are. And there's still some teams that are just like, I'm not sold. I don't see it. I'm going to trust this, uh, you know, really old pitcher who knows tradition or really old scout who knows tradition and knows what our guys, you know, what our team's kind of guys are Ugh. like. When you said our guys, I got a, I got a, uh, a hatred chill. I was like, oh, fuck that shit. <laughs> it's so bad. Fuck your guys. <laughs> they all suck. I like computers. <laughs> Uh so anything anything you want to look for in these last moments of the, of the World Series? Um I want to see Juan Soto just tear it up just because I love him so much. Um I mean if the Nationals end up losing if there could be the silver lining of wow Juan Soto has really really shown up and just he's going to be a superstar for them in the coming years. That's a win. Yeah, you'll take it at this point, uh, especially with how things kind of have been uh, shaping up for them in this series. Yeah, if you're if you're a Nationals fan, you have to feel good about Juan Soto. You got to feel good about, even though Scherzer didn't pitch tonight because he's hurt, you still got to feel good about how he's played. Mm-hmm. And you got to feel good about how Strasburg's played, even though you're probably going to lose Strasburg in the offseason. Sorry. Uh, but, you know, bullpen can be tough to fix and it can be easy to fix depends on what route you go and if you're a nationals fan i think even if you lose this series you have to feel good about how your team has played and mm-hmm. knowing it can only i think it will probably also be good next season depending on what they do with their starting pitching after strasburg leaves but that's yeah that's that i want to see more triples <laughs> yeah i mean has there been a triple yet yeah victor Robles hit one on saturday okay. and that and i saw it and i was like oh shit that's super fun. Do more of that. <laughs> I watched the full game on Saturday, and I just do not remember it at all. So maybe I have a drinking problem. The craziest part is he hit it to left field. I'm assuming he's a predominantly... I assume he bats right or bats left and is just a pull hitter. Uh, no, no. The, the, cra- the, the crazy thing about hitting a triple to left field oh, is that right, getting, yeah. oh, getting God, the ball God. from the left fielder's hands to the, <laughs> the third, third base. baseman's hands is not it's a far throw. Uh, yeah, that just did not click for me in any capacity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's <laughs> like, like, uh, like you got to be moving to get a triple on the left to the left field. <laughs> so yeah, I'm on more triples. Yeah. That, that, that's my New Year's resolution. I will not complain if there are more triples to be hit. Would you be? Would you take a reduction in home runs for an increase in triples? Yeah, just because I think triples are more exciting. I think so too. It I definitely so. don't think it used to be that way, but at the same time, it's gotten to the point where it's like, oh, home run, fuck, all right, or yay, all right. Triple's like, ooh, what are they going to do with this? Is it going to be wasted? That was a really cool play. He's so fast. Oh, my God. And then there's always, can he please steal home? Oh. For, if I could see someone steal home live, that'll be my career. I'll retire oh. from baseball. In the World Series. That's a very low bar. Just to let everyone know, 
giving up on baseball because I see one specific play, but at the same time, that's a bucket list item. <laughs> I I agree. <laughs> I I want that too. That'd be great. All right, Juan Soto's up. Let's uh let's get him on third base. Let's get a triple. Let's bring in a run. Juan, you're I know you're listening to this live. Just do it for us. So real quick, Corwin. Do you recall just mentioning home runs? Do you recall when we were talking about uh, the ball flying? Um, you know, is the ball different? Is this um, just weather related? That shit, right? Mm-hmm. What the number of home runs needing to be hit in the postseason was to match percentage wise with last year? Okay. Do you remember I don't remember what that specifics. Was? No. Uh, if I recall correctly, it was 87 and a half. So we said like 87, so it probably wasn't 87 and a half, but we'll go with it. <laughs> no, I think like, like, like the number was 87 and a half. So we said like either 87 or 88 will take okay. like that. That would achieve yeah, the yeah. same percent of home runs hit in October um, versus September as it was in 2018. Right. Do you know I'm just how saying, like, if if one of us, like, if we have to rely on just purely on one of our memories, I we're just going to get it wrong, is what my assumption was. But yeah, let's, I'm going to say I'm right. Um, because what? Why not? Uh, how many home runs do you think have now been hit in October, as of again, um, as of Saturday night conclusion? Um, so not counting today's game. I'm gonna say seventy eight, seventy nine, eighty four. Oh wow. So okay, so we're tonight, close. Counting tonight's going to be 86. Yeah, two tonight so far. Uh, let's cross our fingers at Wong Soto. Juan Soto. <laughs> Wong Soto. Oh, 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 damn. I just got so excited. Damn it. As soon as I said that, he swung and just... He didn't quite barrel the ball, but it looked real good coming off the bat. But nope. Sorry to get everyone's hopes up after they know the outcome of this game. <laughs> But yeah, so after tonight, it will be at minimum uh, 86, which means we only need one more home run hit in the inevitable game six because that has to happen mm-hmm. in order for us to have the same percent of home. So what, what this discussion was, in case you didn't listen to the episode, is that we took the total number of home runs hit in September, and the total number of home runs hit in October, and looked at what percent. Years. Uh, yes, for the past two years to see what percent of home runs hit in October um what that what uh, sorry what the total number of home runs hit in October was as a percent of the home runs hit in September, because you expect there to be uh, one there's going to be fewer because there's fewer teams playing there's fewer games to be played, and we wanted to see um, if the ball got changed coming into this season because that was the discussion point. So if it was, then you would expect the percent of um, home October home runs via September to drop precipitously. Uh, instead of uh as as compared to 2018 because there's people have been claiming that the ball is different and yet it's appearing as though the that percent's going to be exactly the fucking same mhm so Which i feel vindicated vindication damn right uh do you want to talk about the relievers of the year yeah let's do it you got uh, one of your guys i got one of my guys all right now why Watch do you get a claim why do you get a claim, Josh uh, Hader? Because Him I've been jerking off. What's up? Him and I share a name. Why? Because you clearly have a Raldness Chapman, and I've been jerking off Josh Hader for like two years. Yeah, but I, I have a have a brewer's hat. 
<laughs> you do have a brewer's hat. You got me there. Yeah, where, where's all your brewer's hats? Uh, the brewer's hat store? Throw some money in my bank account. I'll go buy a brewer's hat. Throw some money in my bank account, bitch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't think Josh Hader should have won it. He has a, he has a, a losing record in the regular season this year, Corwin. I mean, he's three and five. Like, you can't <laughs> win, believe me. You're like, shut that. the fuck up. God damn it. Oh. Rick Porcello winning the Cy Young all over again. This is bullshit. <laughs> All right, so Josh Hader has a, um, in the 2019, he had a 2.62 ERA uh, in 61 games played. He um, had 37 saves, 75.2 innings pitched. He got 138 strikeouts uh, and a whip of 0.806. Yeah, he's pretty good. He was also an all-star this year. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty he probably, fucking did, in my he's mind. probably if I had to pitch or if I had to hit against any pitcher, um, he would probably top the list of guys I would least want to face. He also finished the year with 2.6 wins above replacement. Doesn't seem like much. Oh, uh, it's a lot for relief pitchers. Relief pitchers yeah, are much lower. Uh, yeah, bar. That's true. We did talk about that. Yeah, because Mariano Rivera's career war is like 56. Yeah, which is, you know. Very much not high for being the best player at a position handedly. Yeah, but it's just because, you know, you only throw like an inning or two at a time every now and then. But, oh well. Uh, oh God, that was a noise that I regret emitting from my body, but Aaron Rodgers almost just threw a disgustingly dirty pick. Oh, I'm so, so glad sorry. he didn't because I started him this week and I should have started Drew Brees, but I was like, no, his thumb hurts. He's not going to throw the ball well. And then he did because I'm wrong. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Araldus Chapman won it for the American League. He finished the year with a 2.21 ERA in 60 games. He had 37 saves in 57 innings pitched. He had 85 strikeouts and a whip of 1.105 good for a wins above replacement of 1.5 also pretty good at baseball yeah pretty good uh Rollins Chapman's walks a lot of people every now and then like he'll get into a weird thing because like his fastball he's literally throwing it so hard that it's hard to have pinpoint accuracy all the time yeah I'd say it's about what it is um and then he has a slider he works with a lot now, but you know, slider's thrown for strikes can sometimes be dangerous. <laughs> uh, anyone you would have seen? Uh, who who were who were the other con- 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 contestants for this award? I anyone else you no think idea. would have been more deserving over these people? Uh, I wouldn't say more deserving. Kirby Yates was probably in consideration. Uh, closer for the Padres. Definitely oh, yeah, wasn't anyone on the Pirates. Um. I don't know. Who are the Pirates? Yeah, exactly. Was that, that a joke a, or is that a baseball team? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's that's very true. They should not exist. So there is contention with the American League uh, winner being Rawls Chapman. The other two finalists were Liam Hendricks of the Athletics and Roberto Osuna of the Astros. We'll take these one at a time. Start with Liam Hendricks. He had a um. ERA this year of 1.8, uh, which as compared to Aralis Chapman's 2.21, so it was lower. He had a 0.96 whip, which was also lower than Aralis Chapman's at 1.105. Uh, 
had 125 strikeouts, which is more than Rollis Chapman. He only had 85, and he threw 85 innings, which is also more than Rollis Chapman's 57. So that, I mean, was, and, and 25 saves, which is less than Rollis Chapman, but that's, by a decent margin. Yeah, but that's also just like it's the pitcher wins of yeah. um of relief pitchers. It's so right. Well, all right. Let me I feel like you. it's I feel like it's a bit more just because it just comes down to like it's not about run support. It's not about you know holding off. Well, actually, it is holding off other runs, but like it's more comes down to all right. What can you do for me right now? Like, can you just post a clean inning? Yeah, yeah, I. It's tough. I'm not saying I'm not saying it's a crazy important one. I'm just saying it's worth more than you know a starter's win. No, you. I, th- I think you're right. I and I, I. Yeah, you. You convinced me almost immediately after you you started talking. Um, which almost never happens. Do you do you do you think it's enough to outweigh though those those stat differentials though? Because on the surface, Hendricks' season was just so much better. Oh yeah, I probably would have voted for Hendricks in the end. Um, just better on pretty much every th- uh, aspect outside of uh, saves. I I think it comes down to the fact that one plays for the Yankees and one plays for the A's, and it's well, just let's let, let's move back to that thing. in a second. Let me let me read Osuna's. Okay, he finished the season with um. A 2.63 ERA, a 0.88 WHIP, a uh, 73 strikeouts in 65 innings, and I think he had 38 saves. It doesn't actually say it he there. Did. Yeah. Okay. So pretty much on par with Araldus Chapman. His ERA was actually higher than Chapman's. His strikeouts were fewer than Chapman's. His innings were more than Chapman's, and saves were about the same. He finished with one single one more. So I think you mm-hmm. call that one a push, and I think nah, that I would, would. I would. I don't know why. I mean, I get why he was a finalist, but I would still would put Chapman a tier above Ozuna. I mean, he had seventy three strikeouts in sixty five innings, and as a reliever of the year candidate, that's just not quite quite up to par. I mean, the WHIP's fantastic, the ERA's very good, but I don't think it's. I think Chapman is still a tier above. I I do too. It, or, or at least you can say that they're that they're similar enough. That's not an interesting conversation, right? Especially because no one likes Osuna, and and that well, might sound petty. We know one person that likes Osuna. <laughs> oh, he got fired. <laughs> I'm not saying that we caused that, but you know, no, I want to put that on my resume. I'm going to take that one. If you don't mind, I'm going to take it. Um, I, I, I just. I, I really think that that could also be a viable factor. Like he he is a very unlikable, very contra- controversial figure because of the shit he did granted in twenty seven or twenty eighteen. But still, I mean, he's still a very very polarizing person in yeah. the life and times of the MLB. And if you have a statistically carbon copy of him in Araldus Chapman playing for also a big market team and a very famous franchise and blah 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 blah. Then why wouldn't you just pick Chapman? So yeah. I think you can write Osuna off in this competition altogether, because fuck him, you know. Yeah, fuck him, because fuck him. That's why. So, but yeah, if it came down to Hendricks or Chapman, I kind of probably would have. I probably would have voted for Hendricks too. I would have, yeah. 
I guess that they, they just Give value saves that much more. Yeah, which is, you know, an argument in its own, like we just discussed. But, you know, it's just the way it is. Yes, sir. Uh, for the National League, there, uh, so there was Josh Hader. We read his stats already. Uh, also in the running was Kirby Yates. He hit 41 saves. He led the MLB in ERA with a minimum of 20 innings with 1.19 and finished third in strikeout rate at 41.6, although it doesn't tell me what his actual stats were, which tells um, me uh, some of them weren't as great. He had a 41.6% strikeout rate and a 1.19 ERA. Is that not what I said? Uh, I thought you did, but then at the same time, you just said you didn't have the stats, so I didn't know what exactly you were looking at. So. I was looking for strikeouts. Um, oh, 101 actual strikeouts. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He had 101 strikeouts and I didn't, it didn't have that many innings. He pitched either, uh, which is a uh, 60.2. So annoying. Yeah. Right. Like the Everyone rates are really cool, but very specific information in all of their little blurbs. And this guy's just, eh, it will be different. <laughs> yeah. F- fuck yourself. Uh, this is, uh, an amazing season. Oh, absolutely. This is an amazing, like led the league. Sorry, led baseball in ERA. Granted, 20 innings pitch is not a big threshold, but uh, 1.19 ERA is fucking awesome. 41 saves is huge. Uh, 101 strikeouts in 60 innings is real fucking good. It's two strikeouts per inning, just about. Like, that's that's an awesome season. I'm kind of. Hold on. I want to see who the other candidate was. Will Smith oh, for the Giants. Will Smith. Yeah. Uh, he. Play. He had a 2.76 ERA, a 1.03 WHIP, 96 strikeouts in 65 and one third innings. Uh, not in the same conversation as the other two, I don't think. I think this is the same scenario where this is just a clear cut number three guy, and he's there just because they need a third guy. Yeah, I think that's a fair summation. Ooh, I'm actually kind of conflicted about who I would have picked for this. So I think it comes down to whether or not you prefer strikeout rate or ERA. I mean, the whip is nearly identical. Um, the It's a 2.62 ERA versus a 1.19, and it's a 41.6 strikeout rate versus a 47.8, which is fourth highest in history for a single and, season. And uh, 37 saves to 41 saves, which I You're actually... Right. I think a that's huge a push. difference. Yeah. Yeah, I in my mind it was larger than it was. When it's like twenty five to like thirty five, whatever it was, that's okay. Ten is a pretty decent margin, but four or five is you know, it's a push. Yeah. Um why do you think they gave it to Hater? Uh he's flashier, I'd say. You think? Yeah, and I feel like Hater's a you know, comes back to the marketability factor. You know, MLB's had that issue for a long time. And I think Josh Hader, the long haired, you know, flamethrower who is one of the best relievers at this point in his career of all time, um, versus, you know, Kirby Yates, who kind of had a breakout season and nobody really knows who he is or really watched much of the Padres this year. I think, uh, I think the MLB just hates the Padres. I mean, that's a whole nother argument that I don't I think, disagree with. I think the with. Padres were like, we have a young team. Kirby Yates going to win reliever of the year. Like, things are really cool. Yeah. And then MLB just 
dropped their pants and took a hot, wet deuce and was like, Josh Heater wins. And the uh, Padres were like, come when you said it. that. No, that was me pooping. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Is there a difference? <laughs> Barely. Yeah. They're supposed to both be white, right? <laughs> yeah, Jesus fuck. <laughs> uh, uh, you uh, tell me about Tiger Woods. Yeah, so Tiger Woods won a you know very not. Let me start over. Tiger Woods won today. Um, it was his 82nd career PGA Tour win, uh, which tied him for most in PGA Tour history with Sam Snead. Um. This is a, you know, it's not a huge win in and of itself, but for his career, this is a huge milestone for him, uh, especially considering how far back he's had to come from all of his back injuries and uh, time off and whatnot. So it's really cool to see Tiger uh, tie that record. Um, You know, it's extremely likely he breaks it and uh, is able to pull away on his own uh, next year. Um, but I mean, I love Tiger. Uh, a lot of people who grew up watching golf do just because he's, he's like the Babe Ruth of golf, you know, like he's just so fucking good and always has been, uh, well, you know, quote unquote, always has been. So it's pretty cool. Uh, this also was his 14th wire to wire win, uh, in his career, which basically means after, the first round he leads and never gives up that lead, you know, till completion, uh, which is more than double uh, any other player, which is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. I don't know any of that. Yeah. Uh, golf's, a, golf's a fun sport to watch when you just want to have something on in the background all day and just kind of like loosely follow it. Like speaking baseball. Speaking of, uh, of sports we don't usually talk about, I have one basketball topic for us. Ooh, basketball. I'm excited. Uh, so the other day, Russell Westbrook uh, b- passed Magic Johnson for most triple doubles in N- uh, NBA history with 139. Yeah, that's beating, pretty huge. Uh, Magic Johnson's 138. There are only four basketball players with more than 100 career triple doubles. Oh, man. I'm um, not going to ask you their names. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So Magic, Westbrook, yep. I want to say like... Oscar Robertson, yeah, number one by so much. Yeah, um, man, who would be the fourth? Um, I don't know. Give it to me, Jason Kidd. Ah, oh, that would have been a good one. I never would have guessed that in a million years, but yeah, that's you know should be expected. I've really gotten a lot more into basketball so far this season than I have before. Um, and I think it's just because my roommate always has it on and playing fantasy has helped grow my knowledge of it. But it's uh, it's for the first time, it seems to be an exciting sport that I don't just follow the wild free agency and off the court stuff like I have in the past. So. I got excited looking at stats about it today, but I still have yet to sit down and enjoy a game in a while. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's something we probably will touch on, uh, especially once, you know, baseball and football starts to wrap up. Um, we'll have Dan on at some point cause he's big on basketball and we'll see. Maybe Ethan will t- want to talk about it, but yeah. Yeah. There's just really, I, I don't know. It really hit me how hard it must be to get a triple double, which of course it's hard to, 
mm-hmm. the fact that LeBron James is number five on this list, all right, and he has 81 triple doubles in his career, okay? Mm-hmm. Oscar Robertson has 181 in his career. Which is fucking crazy. How many games do you think LeBron James has played? I do not even know where to begin to guess. 1,200. That's a lot of games, and he has 83 of them with a triple. 81. 81, sorry. And so if you think about, like, all right, triple doubles are hard. Let's say you get one every 10 games. He He's not even at that pace. That'd be 120. No. He's getting one every, like, what is that, like, like 13-ish games or so? Wouldn't like, it be more than that? 80? No, that's that's right. I don't know why. That that seems like it's really low, like only 13 games per triple-double, but it makes sense. Uh, 14.8, so 15 yeah. games. But yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. It's really... This has to be a skill. Like, obviously, it is a skill, or maybe it's an indication of roundness as a player, because uh, Oscar Robertson has um, 1,040 games played, and then Russell Westbrook, who just passed Magic Johnson, has 823 games played. Yeah, I mean, people give Russell Westbrook a lot of shit for like orchestrating his triple doubles, where like. If it's a clear, you know, defensive rebound, all the other players on the team will kind of clear out of the way and let Russell get it. Or like at the end of games where he's close, guys will go out of their way to like give him rebounds or work with him to get assists and stuff like that. So like people criticize it, but at the end of the day, he's still out there doing it. Yeah, the man's still getting it done. So maybe it'll be one of those things where it's like a tiny little asterisk where it's like, well, I mean, he had some help, but at the same time, it's not like anyone else is close. Wasn't there a year where he had like a ridiculous amount of them? Yeah, I think he had like fucking 30 of them, something like that. 40. Did he have like 20 of them in a row or some shit like that? Uh, That was James Harden, I think. Was it? I thought they both did it. Now I got to look it up because this will drive me nuts if I don't know. <laughs> um, <bad>. Sorry. <laughs> most I'm trying triple to find doubles triple in a doubles single season. On his basketball reference page, but they don't actually have Yeah, it. so he had 42 in one season, 2016-2017, which beat Oscar Robertson by one. Uh, and then last year he had 34, which was good for third most all time. That's so fucking awesome. So he's, he's in the top 10 uh, three times at number one, number three, and at number seven with 25. James Harden is the only other active player in there with 22 in a season. That's so stupid. That's, oh, that's awesome. Most triple doubles in a row is 11. 11 straight games with a triple double. Who's that? One guess. Uh, uh, is it Russell Westbrook? It is. Yeah, that makes sense. That must be what I was thinking of then. Yeah, here's what it is. Real quick, there's one one other thing I found perusing basketball reference, and then then we can end the show. Um, sure. Most fifty point games. Uh, Will Chamberlain. All right. How many do you think he has? <laughs> uh, fucking a stupid number. Give me a guess. <laughs> uh, I'll guess fifty. Fifty fifty point games because so- that's going to be absolutely insanely high. 
50 would put him in first place. Number two is Michael Jordan with 31. Oh, so God. 50 would put Will Chamberlain. But that's not enough for Will Chamberlain. Will Chamberlain is 118 50 points. Oh, games. God. That is such a ridiculous number. That's a season and a half. Oh, fuck me. That's a season and a half. There's like five dudes a season who have a single game like that. And like we make it lucky and have two uh, by the same guy. Like I think last year. LeBron has 12. Oh, God. That's <laughs> fucking insane. Kareem had 10. That's Kobe fun. had 25. Harden has 18. Like, so Harden like, needs 100 more to tie Will Chamberlain. I know that I don't watch enough basketball to put a lot of stake to this claim but people fucking forget how absolutely insane will chamberlain was like if you go back and watch highlights from back in the day when there's like serious grain from the film uh he is like an alien on the court with these other people there's one real quick thing i want to share for that i learned from will chamberlain's uh actually sorry no i'm gonna i lied there's two quick things i want to share that i learned from will chamberlain's um basketball reference page the first is his nicknames um because his nicknames are amazing uh wilt the stilt the big dipper dippy dip the load big (laughs) rusty the record book (laughs) that's fucking insane the load big musty oh beautiful nicknames uh the second thing is uh there was a point in time that Philadelphia had two basketball teams, the 76ers. Oh, God. And I know this. Uh, fuck. The Philadelphia. I, it, I'm going to lose it. Warriors. Ah, uh, fuck. Yeah, I knew that. I didn't know that. I didn't know that they, they, they started in Philly. Because isn't that who Wilt played for? Yeah, he played for the, the Philly the, Warriors. He played for the Philadelphia Warriors. Then the Warriors moved to San Francisco, and so he played for the San Francisco Warriors. Then he got traded back to Philadelphia to play for the 76ers, and then he became a member of the Los Angeles Lakers. So he spent his whole career mm-hmm. on the coasts. That's pretty cool. And nice. then another thing I learned, just real quick, because I have to share. It's, 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 it's up in my <laughs> mind. Um, where did the Sacramento Kings franchise start? Sacramento Kings? Yeah. Um, Alberta. No, it's still in the U.S. <laughs> uh, fucking, I don't, I don't know, man. Cincinnati. The Cincinnati Kings? No. The, King of the Cincinnati Royals. What? They start off as the Cincinnati Royals, and then they moved to um, Kansas City, Omaha, and they became the because Will because not Will Chamberlain, um, Oscar Robertson played for the Cincinnati Royals, and I was so confused looking at his page. I was like, "Who the fuck are the Cincinnati Royals?" And so in yeah, in nineteen forty eight, sorry, they were the Rochester Royals in Rochester, New York. Then in fifty seven, they moved to Cincinnati. Yeah, right. Shocking. <laughs> uh, and then they were the Cincinnati Royals until seventy two, where they became the Kansas City Omaha Kings. And then in 75, they dropped the Omaha, and they were just the Kansas City Kings. And then in 85, they moved to Sacramento, where they've been ever since, and they're the Sacramento Kings. But how weird is that? That's pretty cool. Those three cities still don't have basketball teams. <laughs> Rochester, <laughs> well, Cincinnati, and Kansas City. We know why Rochester City. doesn't. Kansas City, 
probably could have supported it. I don't know. Um, they could try. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Oklahoma City's right there, but whatever, man. Okay, see. <laughs> yeah, that's all I got. Anything else for you before we before we jump out of here? Um, anything major happened in the NFL today? The 49ers look unbeatable. Yeah, 50 points. Jesus Christ. They still have so many injuries, too. And it's not going to stop them. No. Fuck. Kyle Shanahan, man. I'm finally feeling vindicated for standing by him for so long. I love uh, that, man. Yeah. Um, Tevin Coleman was a great start for me this week. <laughs> yeah, great, uh, great fucking show on my bench today. Uh, I'm going to win my uh, my fourth game straight to even out my record. At... <laughs> Is this our ESPN league? Yeah. Yeah, I, I started 0-4 and about to win my fourth straight because Pretty dope. football's stupid. I have been shooting myself in the foot every week with uh, starting a quarterback, but I'm still somehow 6-1, and one, I guess soon to be 7-1. and one. I honestly, at this point, I think I'm just going to have to drop every quarterback from my team and just pick one and just say, fuck it. Because I am just so bad at fantasy, apparently, at making these decisions. You're not a QB whisperer, Corwin. No, I am not Bruce Arians. That'd be nice, though. I wouldn't mind being him. Uh, All right. Shall we get out of here? Yeah, let's do it. All right. If you want to hit us up on Twitter, you can do so at JuicingPod. If you want to hit us up via email, you can do so at JuicingTheNumbers at gmail.com. And if you want to find show notes for this episode and all previous episodes, you can do so at JuicingTheNumbers.Wixsite.com slash website, JuicingTheNumbers.Wixsite.com slash website. And until Thursday, y'all have a good one. See ya.